I have what might be a challenging retrospective for me. And how I framed it is, is the, uh, the games that I didn't finish, but I learned from. And that's something that can happen with any project, something that, that gets tabled, especially if the, the commitment was essentially to you individually or to a team and was voluntary and all that kind of stuff. Essentially like starting a garage band and, and trying some things and then eventually disbanding. And that can happen even if it's just you, even if it's um, a solo project that, um, uh, that then you move on from whether, you know, in, implicitly by just giving other projects focus or explicitly by saying like, nope, this thing is shelved. Um, either way, I feel like I learned something from each of these and let's see what I can do with uh, uh, this retrospective, even though some of it's pretty old. There was a game project that was at the beginning of the time where I said, I'm a game developer, I'm going to start making video games and I'm going to start a business and collaborate with some friends who are like-minded. And that was, uh, that's, that's honestly what sort of launched my whole career in, in technology and, and uh, uh, building and designing software. That project we worked on was called Semsara. Um, was that a code name? Was that the um, go-to-market name? We don't, I, I don't know. <laughs> we, we just, we used that name and we thought it was a, a really uh, inspiring concept and it was a, a, a branching narrative that had multiple places to start that also had um, different possible avatars that you could go through this whole experience. And it was inspired by a lot of things at the time, um, the, you know, high fantasy science fiction and books that are, um, that are hybrids like, like Stephen King's The Dark Tower. And, um, and it was pretty darn huge in scope. And also it involved some really, you know, fun and challenging and interesting technology that we were developing that, uh, well, I'd say we, I didn't really have much, <laughs> much ability to develop new technology at the time. Uh, but, but, uh, yeah, one of the, one of the partners in the business was helping with, uh, a speech recognition engine. And that was, that was part of the input. And it had this, uh, this emotional weighting system as far as how you could say things with more feeling or less feeling and all that. It was, um, you know, in concept and on paper, a very interesting and very ambitious project that, um, had a lot of different, you know, feasibility challenges. Yeah, so many interesting things from that. Gosh, we, I mean, we reached out to the uh, the 3DO company at the time, and we were looking for like, well, what platforms could we be on, and and all sorts of things that um, we were attempting to wear all the different hats involved in the in the business and logistics and organization and uh, creative side, where the the combination of of engineering and writing and art. Uh, and then putting that together in a user interface, all that stuff we were experimenting with. In the end, uh, we had a lot of design stuff in place, and then and then a, um, a, a something we called the proto demo. It was such a it was an early prototype demo, and was a pretty comically rough draft. And and what's funny is we even got we got help from uh, not one of the core partners but uh, someone else who was a, a friend and, and decided to contract on this on the project with us and 
and I hope I can get that thing to run. It's actually it's built in uh, Director Eight, and uh, I've been meaning to try to both find and run it uh, just for for old time's sake. And uh, anyway, that's on my list. But it was that that whole the, the game project. It was this lab where we were all learning a lot. We were learning a lot as far as the um, like structure of the the communication and collaboration on the software projects. But but then being you know small, you know, running a small business, and also the um, the the various creative disciplines involved. We were all studying so many different things, from digital audio to three D design and and uh, you know two D art. The art the art direction for it was this hybrid of three D backgrounds and two D foreground, and a lot of interesting, challenging things we put together. But it wasn't making money, and we ended up doing something else. Uh, well, working on actually, it, and it ended up being websites eventually, and then that was making money, and then that's when we you know, shuttered the one project and focused on a new business. But that new business wasn't making games. So my next game was, uh, I just, I played around with learning and doing more, more coding samples because I thought I'm probably going to need to be my main programmer on whatever I, whatever I end up doing. And so I was making uh, essentially different versions of Breakout, right, or Breakout. Um, and one of them ended up being one I, I put on uh, my website uh, ages ages ago, my resume that was I think it was robstenzinger.com and it was of um, it involved the uh, um, oh gosh there was a, a honestly a prototype version of who ended up becoming Pick Wingve in my comic Art Geek Zoo, but it was this penguin character trying to wake up its its penguin siblings by being uh, by bouncing snowballs at them <laughs> anyway, uh, but that. And eventually, I ended up uh, making some Quake 2 levels. Um, and all of this, I was wondering, like, gosh, I need to get back to the business of this because I don't think I'm going to make going to make money making Quake levels. And and who knows? I probably should have stuck with that, but I didn't. Um, and so I I moved on from from uh, you know, a couple interesting Quake 2 levels that I I, mil- I, be- I think I built with uh, Quark. Was it Quake? Uh, something knife. It was like a utility knife kind of app that let you, um, you know, arrange objects and build and do some rudimentary 3D extruding and all that stuff of of shapes and whatnot. But I learned enough where I had a I had a foothold on designing 3D levels, but I didn't stick with it. I switched to uh, working on a new sort of side business collaboration um, with with someone who had worked with before and we were, we're, it was going to be essentially a Bomberman in style, a Bomberman inspired um, sort of mad scientist maze thing called Pandemonium. And that one was a toughie. We, our schedules didn't align that much. And when you do a garage band thing, you got to practice. You have to, you know, be able to um, meet both either physically, virtually or both and have some kind of heartbeat or cadence and have things keep going and that one, uh, it just, we didn't, our, our, our schedules didn't really align. So we ended up moving on from that. And then my schedules did align with a different uh, collaborator and friend. And we started working on something called Page Eater, which was in a way a barcode battler inspired um, pro, like where, so it's like you can have an algorithm that, that is fed by URLs that, 
then looks at them from various, you know, ways of measuring, and then it informs a uh, a final character output. And that character you can put in situations and battle them, battle other characters. And that was, I mean, we prototyped that a few times and um, kept thinking of how it could be bigger, more interesting, and maybe involve more story. And then how could it be a role playing game? And and uh, and really be this this more interesting hybrid than the than the single thing was in in its on its own, and that morphed into a new project, and that one eventually became known as Jinhanu, and that one, uh, I had had the benefit of working with a lot of um, really talented, skillful writers and. Um, people who could really design um, some fun and interesting and challenging role-playing scenarios and whatnot that uh, seemed to be a, a good fit for, for you know, channeling those skills into making um, uh, plot and dialogue for a, for a role-playing game. And so a combination of things, that the Jinhanu project uh, had this... Um, a really chaotic scope. It would balloon, it would contract, it would balloon, it would contract, it would uh, meander. And so I think a lot of that was, I have, I had been um, probably, not probably, I, I'm trying to think of a kind way to put this for, for me and everyone involved, just honestly too collaborative and too, um, too squishy and, and trying to be like, yes and to everything. And um, I think with a, a a lot stronger foundation, that project would have been far better served to to get to get to get more done and to have actually maybe have been finished. Uh, we finished a draft of it, and we're able to enter it in the uh, 2004 Independent Game Developer Festival. If you search around the Wayback Machine, you can find that too. And it um, didn't make it past the first round of judgment, but it was neat to be in there and uh, an acknowledge for that. And and uh, and have an attempt at making something of it, but um, that um, that game suffered from a lot of different things with the uh, the that lack of really embracing and emphasizing key design constraints that could keep that project on track. Um, and so I think I learned a lot from that. And then, um, let's see, I, then I started finishing my games. <laughs> that, that's, uh, it was funny. I just, I, I recorded an, an episode where I, uh, where I talked about the, um, the project, uh, um, uh, it's my party, right? So that was a piece of software. It wasn't a game, but it was using a lot of skills and whatnot. I'd built building other things and, um, like Jinhanu like all of its technology, well, not all of it, it's all of its front end technology was based on uh, Flash. And, and, you know, from going from ActionScript 2 to eventually ActionScript 3 and, and ASPX, AS, no, uh, oh gosh, I'm forgetting it already. But uh, because it had a, a lot of equivalency toward the, the, the style of, of um, an architecture of, of ASP.NET at the time, depending on which approach you went through developing your Flash projects, um, like if you use Flash Builder or if you use just Flash. Anyway, I learned both approaches. 
and and actually did a little bit of little bit of work in consulting in that too. So it was nice to to have those skills, and um, you know be able to engage and trade with that. But um, but it it definitely influenced what I felt was feasible to build the UI in for the user interface for uh, it's my party. But that's not a game. And then after it's my party, I did build uh, Guitar Fretter. And uh, but that's doesn't that doesn't fit this this narrative because that's a game I finished. <laughs> Learned a lot building it, but um, anyway, had quite a string of things I didn't finish. But I and I think it's different. For, I'm sure it's different for everybody. But um, I'm grateful to have had the chance to continue to keep at it and applying what I learned in different ways. And I think it's. Um, I don't think it's a universal example, but I'd, I'd say why my big takeaway is that this is, let's see, finding a way to get where you want to go with your creative projects is not necessarily a, a straightforward um, do this and then that outcome will, you know, in just be inevitable. Um, and I think I probably could have learned a lot of this stuff more efficiently but maybe that's part of it as far as it being a side project and part of it being like some of the lessons, some of the, those lessons are harder to learn than others based on my own personal quirks. And, uh, that was, let's see, I think my own personal growth helped or was, was on this, this timeline as, as it, um, as it is when it comes to, um, getting finished work into the world. And this is, uh, this is what it took because somewhere in there, let's see, I, I worked on, huh, because actually after, um, I, before Guitar Fretter was Art Geek Zoo. And so Guitar Fretter happened partway along the creation of my webcomic, Art Geek Zoo. And so that's, that's its own story. Um, and that happened, uh, that was very influenced by how much I'd been studying the language of comics for the project Jinhanu. So all these things can have so many different takeaways that are not evident in the beginning and where, you know, like, like they, they become, uh, well, new skills and knowledge that you can apply in new contexts. But you just, you know, I, I couldn't have predicted where that went. But, um, but there you go. That was a fun practice, uh, retrospective. Um, I wonder if, uh, if, you have, if you have any questions or reactions to that. I'm, as always, I'm Rob Stenzinger at StenzingerSoftware.com via email. Via Twitter, I am Rob Stenzinger. And this has been the Polytechnicast. <laughs>